yeah, I mean, like, talking, yeah, man, just, like, talking is, 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 uh, um, we have, I don't know, this sounds like dorm room bong bubbling kind of point, but, you know, it's, like, so many devices to communicate with, so little communication. You know, it was like, it was, uh, um, yeah. And, and I think a lot, a lot of it, though, does have to do with, right, the, the, like all of these communication tools are geared toward uh, maximizing attention. And so it feels like you failed if you're only if only if you're only talking to like two other people. Right. It's like it's always about numbers. And you got to <laughs> yeah. get the numbers on the board yeah, exactly. to make sure that. Yeah. Yeah, it's because yeah. it's weird, right? Like Hitler only you can only fit like a few hundred people in like a beer hall, and like you know that's how Hitler started. Not not a great inspiration, but like no. <laughs> or, or the Buddha, you can, you can right. go with the Buddha. The Buddha was like yeah. not he was like trying to like not talk to anybody. People just kept talking to him, but like yeah, like, like no, <laughs> he's, he's just got simps and people in his mentions just constantly. Yeah. Although although there there was that one time like right after he uh, achieved enlightenment and like the other dudes that were ascetics with him in a previous attempt at enlightenment yeah. like came upon him. He's like, yo, yo, just so you guys know, I actually did it. Yeah. Just, but so just, so when he talk. so apparently when he attained enlightenment, he really debated for a long time like whether he should even talk about this like whether people could handle it like basically we can't but like he really debated like whether he should say anything yeah and i wonder if jc thought the same thing yeah, yeah i like, mean just, he was, yeah <laughs> yeah they're, they're all out there for 40 days being like these fucking idiots are definitely going to kill me <laughs> like what do i do <laughs> so uh uh loyal listeners will uh recognize that um there's a different voice uh uh today uh Br- Brittany's a little under the weather so she's gonna sit this one out but uh today we have all the way across the planet is a uh, um a writer and youtuber indy semrajiva we've just been really enjoying his youtube videos and his uh um and his writing that goes uh, that and they're usually like lockstep with each other you know you, you read one you read a post you can watch a video of him saying uh uh, a lot of the same things and we're it, it just seemed like a like a match made in internet heaven so we're uh we uh, he's gracious enough to get up early uh where he lives in sri lanka and and, uh, and come chat with us so, thank uh, you guys uh, indy indy thank you so much for for coming on iron weeds yeah it's cool thank you for having me yeah we were already talking about uh you know just a light conversation like uh achieving enlightenment yeah. but uh <laughs> we're gonna but we'll, we'll get into um uh even bigger things, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. like whether or oh. not we can save this stupid planet that we're on. Yeah, that that's really ultimately what I'm concerned with. But what I'm distracted with is a question that I've been wanting to ask you, Indy. How did you get your handle on Twitter at Indica? I just start, so I've had, had this website Indy.ca for I don't know, it must be almost twenty years now. But yeah, fifteen twenty years. And then so I just like if you sign up early, you get like a handle. I signed up quite early for Twitter. All this ah, time. that's how I got. Yeah. yeah, it's just pretty wild th- that you got the handle of probably the third like most popular word in international weed culture. Yeah, so to yeah, you, you, could, what, you could probably sell you could probably sell that Twitter handle for no, people. Yeah, some like some random people have, like offered money. no, they've offered to buy it, but not for like a gazillion. They're like, I can yeah. make better use of yeah. it. I'll give you free publicity. I'm like, no, it's my name. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, the, what time is it there? You it's guys are, uh, are like seven forty. So it's so it's kind of like opposite, basically. We're 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 literally on the other side of the world. 
Yeah, yeah. How how is it a thirteen and a half hour difference? Where's that half hour coming? So, so India's gone on like a half hour. So we also follow a half hour. Mm-hmm. There's a few countries with with All a half right. hour. I think Nepal also. It makes it actually impossible to buy a GMT watch here. Like they don't work here. Oh no. Yeah, they're all set in oh, hour that, increments. It's weird. Oh, that's so annoying. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, when the, you know when when the when the space aliens were making the flat Earth, they really should have thought of that. Uh, so Dude, actually, no flat Earthers here. It's like weird. Really? There's none? You don't have No, any? no, I, I do. I know them. I know them. Oh, you do? You do have flatter. Yeah, it's unfortunate because they like have the best yeah. weed, but they're also like insane. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, that's, uh, is that a, a, a difficult thing? No. Like picking up and, and, uh, and, and like they, they say stuff about your name. What do you mean? Oh, uh, no, man. That, <laughs> no, they get over that pretty no, quickly. No. no, okay, good. Good. Uh, all right. So, um, one of the, one of the early things that, or one of the latest things that, that you just put out was something on a, on dog shit democracy, which yeah. I particularly liked because it's just like an extended scatological metaphor. Yeah. And, I, and I'm always down for that. Could you kind of, yeah, take us through the the one continuous digestive system of democracy. And <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. So dog shit democracy. So we had this old dog named Merck who was a really good dog. And then when, but you know, he was getting 13, 14. And at the end we called the vet and like, we're like, what, sh- what should we look out for? And they said, well, if it stops eating or if it stops shitting then like that's when the dog is dying so shitting in like a political context means like are you getting rid of your political waste and so americans obviously like are not like you're fucking choked up on waste like even the, <laughs> people, like, the people that came back and like fucked you with trump they were doing the same shit with like iran contra like 30 right, years before right. like yeah. look who's president and, like, those- right now sorry I said, look who's president yeah, right he, now. Yeah, so even Biden, right? Like he was the guy like screwing Anita Hill, like in the in the sorry, not literally, like in the commission hearings. Like he yeah, he yeah. was the guy like with the crime bill and so on. Like you could say he's evolved and he yeah. is like a, at the top of like some political movement. People can move him, but you're still like recycling like the same old shit. So and and Americans have this idea that's like actually impossible to like you know expel your own shit, and it's quite possible. Like in South Korea, I think every living ex president has a criminal record. I think there's two in jail right now. Uh, in France, they convicted Sarkozy. I mean, he'll get off, but they still like convicted him. Like it's actually, I think in Peru, in, in many countries, it's actually fairly common. Personally, I think like I believe in prison abolition for everyone except for like your leaders. Like I think you should, yeah. you should just be. <laughs> there you go. And I think yeah. after you finish yeah, yeah. your term, you should go like directly to jail and then you can maybe argue your way out. But the default should be, I think you go to jail. Should be jail. Yeah. 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 Uh, Bolivia yeah, yeah. just uh, announced that they are going to start um uh, pr- putting charges on the the government that just got out, the coup government. They're yeah, they should. Start, that was fucking start. bullshit. Yeah, that was like, of course they should. They're yeah. they're all criminals. They're all insane criminals yeah. with gigantic oversized Bibles that like want to like kill uh, indigenous people. Like, no, and then people got killed for that because they were no, <laughs> yeah. because that government was. So if you look at Brazil, right? Brazil would not be as fucked right now if they hadn't done what they did to Lula. Like if they hadn't, right. yeah. like literally, like I think I don't know, hundreds of thousands of people would have lived. Because of this, like, crime. And these are the crimes you don't convict. Whereas if you, like, you know, like, hold up a corner store, like, that's, like, 30 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying hold up a corner store, but it's just, like, the justice system is, like, (laughs) reserved for essentially the poor and, like, whoever the state wants to shit on. Like, in Sri Lanka, we we, we sense that very clearly. Because the cops here, there's something that came out that 50% of the cops are, like, guarding VIPs. So that's, like, what they do. But your police are, are no different. Like, that's what their real job is. Right. And yeah, and you can, you can tell that like, we, I was just uh, having a conversation with a, a friend of mine yesterday where, um, 
you know, back last summer, our town, you know, Troy had, it was like 50,000 people. Like it's, it's fairly small. And we had like an 11,000 person March for black lives, like in, in mm-hmm. the city, it was enormous. And, um, and, and the cops, you know, being the smug assholes that they are like bought a bunch of pizzas and they're just like, Hey guys, come on. You like, we can get along. You want some pizza? And the, the pizza that was delivered was from, unfortunately, my favorite pizza restaurant, which is like owned by these, like this, like Syrian family that, um, uh, that like, I understand why they did it, like why they sold to them or, or donated to them. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but I understand it because they also own a convenience store that gets robbed like every other month. Okay. And like, you need to like have the police like actually you're bribing the police basically, right? Like you have to get like them to show up to write the report. So that you get like an insurance claim on the robbery or something like that. And it's like, yeah, if, uh, if you were a rich person, you don't need to do that. But if you're, if you're poor or like you got like some like corner store or pizza shop, then like you just have to like basically beg and plead for them to, to help you at all. Yeah, it's like the mafia, basically. Like, it just yeah, is yeah, like it's, a, it's a more dignified mafia. Like, if you're in certain neighborhoods, like, so in Goodfellas, they say, like, uh, you know, wise guys are just the police for people who can't go to the police. It's like, right. yeah. And then, like, and then later you can go to the police, but it's like the same fucking thing. Yeah. 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 I mean, that it, it, they're both, they're both rackets. So that's like a, a very glowing way to self uh, describe as a mafia member. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I think that when you're talking about the imperative to shit and the imperative to, you know, cleanse ourselves, like we can talk from, you know, that, that example, like 11,000 people came to protest the police brutality of Troy police. And we had a mayor that was actually overseeing an ongoing cover-up over the murder of a man named Edson Thevenin by a uh, Detroit police sergeant. And their own internal investigation basically proved beyond reasonable doubt that the sergeant had lied and had needlessly summarily executed Edson Thevenin during a DUI stop. Mm -hmm. And the mayor conspired with local, uh, I think it was like the ex- chief of Cohoes or like, which is like a re- nearby uh, town to like create a secret memoranda that allegedly refuted the police department's own findings as to like the criminal malfeasance on the part of the Troy police sergeant. And all of the city council members, including the mayor, have exclusive access to this memoranda. It's secret. And that they all said, oh, this like changes everything, but won't share it with anybody and so it's just this ongoing uh thing and the same uh city that had put out you know eleven thousand people re-elected the same fucking mayor that is <laughs> that got in a city of fifty thousand, eleven thousand in the streets protesting the corruption and brutality and cover-up of his administration and it's like it's shocking and, and bizarre like we live in a, a weird country we're politically constipated i think as as, yeah. as indy put it yeah yeah it's a, but i think we have to look more like critically at, at democracy like i think like I, I live in a democracy like I, I think there's a lot of good ideas in democracy but obviously some things in it like aren't working like in sri lanka generally like the, if you're not from a feudal family or a political family the surest way into elected power is to be a very successful criminal like that's the that's the main path so, and we're not, something's like not going right. 
So if you look at like old like democracy in Athens, I mean, first off, obviously, like slave democracy, where it, a big part of democracy is who you define as citizens. That's actually how you exactly, set the parameters yeah. of it. Yeah. And that's kind of what the Republicans are doing in America. They're, they're very folk. Democrats are just like kind of wishy-washy and saying, oh, this is democracy. It's great. We need to defend it. But like, what are you defending? Republicans are very focused on like defining citizens. That's a lot of what this illegal immigration thing is about. They're quite open about it. They're saying, oh, these people will vote. It would be like in Athens if someone's like, hey, slaves should vote. And they're like, no, 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 not like that. But even but within Athens, within what they called citizens, they had uh, like sortition, which meant like if you were a citizen, which is male and small population, you literally put your own fucking name in the ballot. And then yep. you got selected for a lot of these magistrate posts. And mm-hmm. I think even say for like local government, right? Like for running Troy, like let's say you have a council, you could just select this 50,000 people. Like that would be a size of like an Athenian democracy. You could select people from Troy. Like just yeah, basically at, at lottery. Yeah, yeah at lottery. Right? And yeah. So that's sortition. Yeah. yeah, and then people think, oh, this is crazy. But I'm like, my question is, how could it be worse? Like, right. <laughs> like exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like it couldn't be worse than this. And you, yeah. you'd immediately get like 50 percent women, right? Because 50 percent women go and like yeah. put their thing, and you'd immediately get younger people. What you get is this, like these politicians like Biden, who just sort of like calcify into the system over like 50 years. Whereas like if any just young person under like AOC, a lot of her power is simply that she's like younger and that she's had like a normal job. Like she just like has lived experience. I mean, she's obviously a skilled politician, but she actually just has lived experiences that these dudes who've been senators where like they're literally fucking bills are paid for. They don't like understand what it's like. I mean, Biden takes a train, but they don't know what it's like to like take the bus or like pay bills or or, like deal with healthcare problems. These are like actually problems they don't have. They're all abstractions to them. Whereas you have like citizens who are actually in power, then they were like, oh no, I'll be out of this in four years. So like I give a shit about like having public transport. I'm not going to have this like government funded car for like the rest of my fucking life, you know, like I, I think we have to look critically at, at democracy, especially because America has been saying to the rest of the world, like, hey, democracy is going to solve all your fucking problems. And like it doesn't <laughs> like we're going to fu- well, yeah. make you so fucking free with your democracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're just going to blow up everything yeah. and then, yeah, you know, then you'll be the, free with democracy. Yeah. Yeah. The, the democracy is cool unless y- y'all vote for the wrong person, in which case like. <laughs> Good luck. But then, like, like, I'm sorry. Silvador Allende, <laughs> your ass. But then look at how democracy is structured, right? Like in order to win, you need to essentially spend a shit ton of money on like TV ads so you or whatever right. ads yeah. or just whatever. Even here, yeah. you have to spend a shit ton of money. So essentially, there's yeah, some yeah. money coming in. We pretend we don't know where that money comes from. And yet that's actually – so in Greece, they said like if you have direct – so I think Socrates or Plato, Socrates, I think. He said like if you have uh, direct – if you have elections, at least are oligarchy. Which is precisely, I think America's an oligarchy. I wouldn't say it's a functioning democracy. Like, you guys say you're democracy, but your rules are, like, so fucking stupid. Like, it's, it's, <laughs> like we would never they have are. a situation, like, what it's is true. your Senate? Like, why does your land, like, oh, we would never have the yeah. Uba province, which is, like, a small province, have the same representation as the Western province, which is where, like, most of the people are. Because I, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Or your electoral college, like, why, I think in the last 30 years, Republicans have only won the popular vote once. And yet they've had like multiple years of presidency. This is like a sort of stupid, like rigged system you have and you're calling it. Oh, yeah. It's like superficially maybe Absolutely. a democracy, but if, <laughs> but in practically it's really more of a oligarchy. And then Americans also think their well, democracy is like 200 years old and it's like actually 50 or 60. Yeah. It, in, in the democratic process, in terms of like having these extremely long drawn out elections, 
that like lasts for like fucking three years. And it's exhausting. The, uh, like, I don't know how you do it. <laughs> it's the worst. It's the worst. And uh, yeah, just the, 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 the whole fucking dog and pony show of it is like, but the, the structure that we have with the Senate and stuff, it's there to support capital. Like ultimately, like we live in an ultra corrupt oligarchy that has no real representation and is completely divorced from the material like on the street life, whether that be, you know, social and protest movements or whether that just be the material conditions of like millions of people. Like we have this uh, a character. I don't know if you've been following uh, Kristen Cinema. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So she's a Democrat, yeah, but Arizona yeah. senator. Yeah. Yeah. She's a Democrat. She used to be a Green Party darling. And she like had this, you know, basically Anakin Skywalker to Darth Vader kind of transformation as soon as she got to Washington. And now she like made a big fucking theater move of basically just like stopping a bill that would have helped the the people who need the help the most in our society, like straight up. And it was just like enthusiastically like, eh. yeah, I saw she, like did this like, little curtsy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so it, we live in this like situation where that even that spectacle like it's it's a cultural artifact of like this hyper corrupt like a system of no accountability whatsoever if if there was something that we knew we could do to like reform this entire process and allow us to have some type of actual democratic control over our society i would do it yeah I, america's I would, like a weird kind know. of it's actually weird to watch it's a weird kind of suicidal because we have say like two a two-party system here which has its inherent problems but both parties are kind of competing to give us stuff or, or i mean they're bullshitting half the time but nobody's going to be like no no i'm going to give you less like no one would no one would <laughs> take that position and yet that's like a in america there's one party which yeah. is like no we're gonna like not fucking give <laughs> yeah. you anything and we're gonna take stuff yeah, away yeah. and people are like yeah like <laughs> well because the right the implicit uh uh, uh <laughs> thing that you get instead is dignity right is they, they think that not getting something from your government is somehow a dignified well i think you get privilege way of like showing that I you're think, an individual right? so we do that it's here like, I, I i think what you get is privilege so privilege is by yeah, definition right. someone else not having something like it's not like yep, a privilege yep, right, card right. if like everybody else it's, has the it, same it, card it, so they're like no we're not going to give the black people and the poor people stuff and therefore you'll be privileged mm-hmm. So yeah. th- there's this weird, it's, it's like spite. It's a very spiteful well, society. It, it, is a, it is about spite and it is about privilege, but it's also about avarice. It's all about, you know, the churn of the cultural war. So like the whole thing, it's like, they're trying to take away your Dr. Seuss. They're canceling yeah. fucking Dr. Seuss. Like they're trying to get at the reactionary anger that people instinctively have when their society is changing, whether for the better or not. And they're trying to weaponize every change that happens to align with a particular type of stubborn, like, type of person. Like, there's, there's a type of person that just, like, sees, you know, a good cop, bad cop dynamic and, like, actually aligns with the bad cop. It's like, well, at least he's a straight shooter. At least he's saying what he really means. Like, you know, he, he, he's, he did what he had to do. Yeah. He, his methods might not be the most ethical, but damn, are they effective? Yeah, but we're like, and like we're, we're, we're of- trained into that, though. That's like every <laughs> fucking movie. Like, every, oh, yeah. like I've grown every up on that stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it didn't start with Tony I, Soprano. I like, every cop movie is like an anti hero. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> yeah, I think that, that that's a big part of it. I think that the the, the cultural uh, creations um, are, are are definitely part of the dynamic. I mean, I think there's two parts of that. One, I think Americans because they don't see themselves on the outside. Really, America was actually founded that way. So at founding, only like six percent of people could vote. And at founding, there was this real debate about, you know, it was actually very hard for them to hold the Continental Congress together because all the states were like, oh, we got the Brits out. We don't want to fucking pay taxes. We're going to like fuck off now. Um, America really yeah, was yeah, founded yeah. by people that like, you know, rich, white, enslaving people that didn't want to pay taxes. Yeah, I got essentially. Mine, fuck you. Yeah. So yeah. it's really founded by like Republicans. Right. So they didn't want to pay taxes. They got that. And then they were like, oh, we're about to fuck off. So they made these like deals, essentially. The Senate and like Electoral College are essentially sort of deals for for Southern power. So Thomas Jefferson wouldn't have gotten elected without the Electoral College. Like, so I think for the first 30 years, a lot of the guys were from Virginia because just because essentially because slaves were counted as people in the as census, but, yeah, yeah, but not in the, I think, I'm not, I think the time is like half or full. I don't remember. But so they were counted as people in the census. So you got like representation for them, but they couldn't vote. So enslaving people had all these like built in advantages, which for them, there was this deal making at the start of, of America for an yeah. olig- among oligarchs so america yes, is correct. essentially like an oligarchical deal with like this essentially roman democratic sort of propaganda around it which has been highly Aesthetics, effective like yeah. i grew up in america <laughs> and i i truly believed all this shit until you go out and you like look yeah. at it and you're like wait no wait why does the how can you lose the vote and win like why why is that like there's just a, like obvious like <laughs> like glitches in the matrix it's not even glitches in the matrix yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, let's well, say you pointed out some pretty uh, stark shortcomings of our electoral process, one of which, uh, you know, you've pointed out through the January 6th, uh, you know, push kind of riot at the Capitol. And you you talked about how that just wouldn't fly in like the vast majority of democracies. Like if you get voted out, they don't wait around to like give you a chance at like garnering forces to marshal against. Yeah, so you have like a you know, built-in <laughs> coup, and you've done this like before, and you figured. So during FDR's time, the, I think the lag was actually four months. So Hoover had like completely fucked everything up, and then FDR had to like sit around for four months. But and then they they, they then they reduced it. Then they reduced it to I think it's about like two months. But yeah, why it, do you have that? It used to be from November to March, and yeah. now they they then they bumped it up to. But then to it's January. still crazy. It's like enough time to like yeah. get to like Washington on a horse and like shake right. hands that with is, everybody on is, the way. That is pretty much the <laughs> the idea there. Yeah, well, I mean, like part of it, I, remember, who's, I think it's a Alexis de Tocqueville when he was like showing up to America for the first time. He was like, you know, French aristocrat that's just like very curious. He's like, only America could do this because at the time it's like, well, you've got like frozen tundra to the north. Uh, uh, water to the east and south, and uh, a big mountain range to the to the west. So, like, there's no one can like come in and invade you while you're switching. Uh, 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 yeah, besides party. the natives who you've like effectively right. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, we, yeah you you had murdered a bunch of a bunch of natives, right? And so and so like it was like was it just gonna be some gentlemen's gentlemanly squabbles? Uh, about like you know what what land do you get to own right it's like what this is a system designed for isolation and gentlemen's agreements yeah that's true so, not, yeah yeah i guess in europe like you couldn't like fly like waiting like four months for like an interregnum right yeah yeah it's like the pope is gonna like go kill you and take power or something instead but, like see all <laughs> these systems are sort of based on like people i think underestimate how much politics is based on norms and not like laws like in the uk like mm-hmm. it's just the norm that the queen doesn't like fuck with the government right but right. she totally can so if you get I've like a bad ground. person in like you totally can't so a lot of american stuff is just based on like norms and then trump comes in and doesn't give a fuck about norms and then you see like how actually structurally weak 
the system is. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, pretty yeah, fucking it, it, <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I mean, like, on the one hand, you know, you, you did see, like, you know, like, Democrats hand-wringing all the time about the norms, and they were, they would, like, complain about the norms. And, but usually the norms that they cared about were, like, dog shit, dumb norms, like, he won't hold a press conference, or, like, he's he's rude to John McCain or something. And it was like, that's not, like, who fucking cares about those norms? How about the norm where, like, you staff the State Department? You know, so, yeah. Right? Like there's yeah, no, do diplomacy. Yeah, yeah. I think Republicans or Democrats are in a fight, but only the Republicans act like they're in a fight. Like the, Democrats yeah, are always exactly. like, no, like well, these are my friends. Like, you know, we have like dinner well, at the bar. Like it's like, no, dude, they're yeah, not. Well, I mean, Nancy Pelosi comes out and yeah. says that like we like we need a strong Republican Party. And it's yeah, like, are they yeah. not your opponent? My dude? Exactly. Like <laughs> it's really easy to fall into the perspective that like they're not at all adversarial when it comes to like any of the actual power brokers within the two parties. Like the Democrats seem to be losing on purpose all the fucking time. Like, you know, like who, who do they get to run against Mitch McConnell? Like the big boogeyman. Yeah. Like this woman who brags about wanting to have, you know, fucking taken out a passenger plane full of Americans. <laughs> like <laughs> like you know, this is by 40 points. Like, like <laughs> they are not in it to win it because it's, you know, in my opinion, it's like not really a contest. It's like they're brokering power for the ruling class through a cultural apparatus that allows people to like stay tuned and like not flip their shit. Like I think about the, the myths of America and like it's an ever expanding concept as like the american settler colonial project like set up base on the east coast like you know manifested destiny by extending the border and giving like free real estate to like any you know fucking yahoo that wanted to like get skin in the game you know it's free and, real estate. and then i think that that really suppressed our like revolutionary like potential as like a populace whereas like in europe you know you got like the french revolution for example these people are like well i'm like 40th generation peasant and like this is my life like i'm here i'm never leaving like there's yeah. no expansion like like i need you know fraternity solidarity equality now <laughs> and like already like throw hands about it and we have like this idea that we're all you know some people say we're like temporarily uh embarrassed millionaires or whatever i think we're like temporarily I- embarrassed like colonial expansionists like our the mythos that america's colonization and then the perpetuation of that state from that as being like really good, I think plays into why we aren't actually self-critical of our government. And like, yeah, we also, we always really had pressure release valves and yeah. Now we, and now we kind of don't because we, you know, we all, all we've we're weeping for all of the lands have been conquered and now, and now we just fight each other about Dr. Seuss or whatever. Yeah. That's a good point. I, I guess that is an attitude. Like say people here wouldn't necessarily have like, I guess in America, if things go south, you can always just like get on a Greyhound bus and like go somewhere else. Here, nobody's gonna like yeah. nobody does that. Like we're too like enmeshed. Like we've been like in families for like thousands of years. Like it's it's very confusing for us. We'll, we'll get up and go to like America or the UK, but like within like Sri Lanka, yeah, there's in that sense. But America, yeah, th- th- there's that almost endless colonial potential. Yeah, which is dangerous because it's it's cancer fundamentally. Yeah, it is. It is cancer. And like, you know, capitalism is is like cancer in that it's growth for growth's sake, right? Like regardless of the cost, regardless of any other purpose other than to accumulate and, you know, expand capital. Um, and that is death for our, our species and our globe, unless, asterisk, we 
go into space and harvest the entire fucking solar system and then the cosmos in an ever expanding economy like in zero g right yeah. like you could hypothetically have an infinite sink of trash an infinite source of goodies just out there in space and there's like a couple you know billionaires that are like laser focused on a private space race what used to be you know the uh colossal achievement of the previous century's global superpowers is now the private hobby of like three or four or five like white men yeah and they're like in an effort to try to like you know colonize and uh capitalize i.e privatize the wealth the mineral wealth and all of the energetic uh potential of our entire solar system but so there is like even with, so there's this idea of the Kardashev scale, which is how you measure civilizations, and that's actually based on resource consumption. So I think we're type zero. But so type one is where you harness all the energy of your star, and then type two is where you harness all the energy of your solar system and then like a galaxy. But it is actually about like consumption. It's and Vaclav Smil has this book on energy where he talks about so different societies like you you run into energy walls though. So like, let's say with horsepower, right? At some point, it became essentially sure. more expensive to maintain a horse than to like, you know, feed your fucking self. And so you, you run into the limits of that energy. And he doesn't argue it directly, but you could say that civilizations also collapse at that point because the marginal return becomes less than like, you know, whatever inputs you're putting into it. So I think mm-hmm. we've reached the end of fossil fuels, right? Fossil fuels has fueled this like expansion for a long time. It's a great energy mm-hmm. source. I used to play SimCity 3000, and if in the first bit of the game, if you just did, if <laughs> yeah. you spent all of your stuff, it'd be like fucking dope for a while. Like you'd have the best city, and then it would like all collapse. And I, I think that's like what's happened to like to like the Earth, basically. But so yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So the, I think people think like if we switch to sort of green energy, right? Then we can just like keep on the fucking ride. Like we can just like keep going. But then there's other people, like I think Jason Hickel is talking about, say, degrowth, which is that we have to get out of this idea of just endless growth like we just constantly keep need more and more shit like it's actually not not satisfying i think there's some weaknesses in western philosophy there also that's why i read some like chinese philosophy yeah expand on that what, what do you what do you mean so I mean, you can't like summarize chinese philosophy per se but within say like the laozi or like mengzi or even Con- confucius there's this idea of like enough or and, and within buddhist thought which i'm more familiar with there's this idea of like right action and essentially mm-hmm. stopping mm-hmm. at a certain point even with science or with like uh, Western philosophy, there isn't this idea of like stopping or enough. Yeah. Like there, yeah. there isn't this, whereas within Chinese and I guess Eastern philosophy, Indian philosophy, there's really an idea of enough. Like all these dudes are like yeah. trying to say like, like a true sage, like fucking stops. Like they, they don't do yeah. much. Like there's this yeah, idea yeah, of like yeah. non-action, which doesn't translate correctly. But there's, there's no corollary in, in, in Western philosophy as far as I know. That there's no great like, hailing of non-action right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the only thing i yeah i can think of are just like the contests for recognition which usually involve destruction and death right and yeah. like, that's the that's a, that's the closest you can ever get to stopping is 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 destruction and death that's the only way anything ever stops like yeah or like thoreau yeah thoreau you yeah know, like yes Walden. yeah so thoreau would have like yeah people have like figured this out like sort of independently yeah yeah Wisdom of the sages, you know, follows us, you know, throughout the ages. Shout out the relentless picnic who did a, a, a long series on uh, American existentialism and uh, and Thoreau. Wait, give me one second. Yeah, we just uh, had our like third fire in as many days uh, in, in Troy. Yeah, in the city. 
I'm starting to suspect it's a landlord's burn it down for insurance money because no one can pay rent. So, so people actually uh, can't pay rent. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you burn it down, you get the tenants out. Hopefully the building either, you know, and then, and then the building is either worth more burnt down for insurance money or they're now they're out. Now you can rebuild it and get new people in. It's fucking crazy, Uh, man. But I guess that's that's like incentives, right? Capitalism is always talking about incentives. So like your incentives, like burn down someone's house. Yeah. Yeah. Here, renters have like crazy rights. For, so like you basically can't evict anyone ever. Yeah, it's a good idea. <laughs> I know. Sort of a, so I know I someone where they, I, I know the landowner, but like, so they, they tried to evict the person and then they like took the roof off the house to sort of encourage them to leave. And then the courts ruled like, and these people hadn't paid rent for like years. And the, the courts ruled that like, no, you put the fucking roof back on. And then... And then the thing That's is, actually, if you sit around and you don't pay rent long enough, then they like give you the house, like you own the yeah, house. Yeah, 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 yeah. Adverse uh, possession. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. here it's like hardcore, man, and, and you can't fire anyone either. It leads to other weird behaviors. Yeah, I think it must be crazy for you to tell people there that you're like a communist, but like people here are like, yeah, okay. Like, uh, I, can, I, I have to sign a document. I'm a I'm a college professor, and I actually have to sign a document. That says <laughs> oh, really? That I'm not a. <laughs> Wait, actually, still. <laughs> yeah. But that's yeah, crazy, right? You know, like the Red Terror was a real thing. The Red Scare was was institutionalized all the way up to the FBI. Like there was, you know, uh, commissions that fucking jailed people for years and years and years for sedition of just like going to Communist Party meetings. But before that, Communist Party in America was pretty lit and like had you know a lot of uh, public support. The best part, yeah, that's what led to the New Deal, and and like now we can't have a New Deal anymore because everyone's (laughs) fucking on signal, expressing their fucking opinions (laughs) in private about how you know maybe we should abolish the value form. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I I think America like lost the Cold War in a real way. Like in China, they figured out that like a lot of shit in communism like fucking sucked and like it didn't work. So like Deng Xiaoping or whatever was like you know black cat, white cat, as long as it catches mice. They took a lot of ideas from capitalism. Whereas I think America and the America specifically, they thought that they won the Cold War by like being dope and like yelling at a wall in Germany. And like, so they learned nothing <laughs> from, so they've like learned nothing from, from communism. So communism has a shit ton of problems. Absolutely. But if you look at places like Vietnam or China, they've actually, you know, they're good at a lot of things. So there's this idea in America that we're the fucking best. We won. We don't need to learn anything. When obviously you should be learning like the most you can from your enemies. Which within communism, they're like, yeah, yeah capitalism. Like, we like fucking TVs and fridges. Like, yeah. how do we do that? Right. I mean, like, I, I, I just got uh, finished talk, tell, teaching my students about uh, Soviet urban planning. And, like, the first half of the lecture is just, um, hey, guys, like, I know, like, gulags are bad or whatever. Like, you know, we have more than the Soviet Union ever did, but whatever. You know, like, the, the point is just that, like, <laughs> this country, this group of people went from the most backwards like peasant uh, uh rural life to going to the fucking moon like going into space first nation in space in 44 years yeah maybe they thought of something maybe they had something going there <laughs> you know? yeah. there's some lessons to be learned you know like, maybe, maybe there's some, just, some baby just, in that bathwater. maybe I, something oh also in between they were they won world war ii and rebuild every city. Yeah, but you don't learn that. You don't that learn that had. shit. In, yeah, I, I went to school in America. You don't learn that shit at all, dude. And we learned absolutely yeah. zero yeah. about China. I learned more about like the fucking yeah. Habsburg family, which is of zero relevance. 
than like right, than like yeah, China. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to learn about some hemophilic assholes yeah. that like don't that yeah. got angry at each other and that caused World War One. And then there's like yeah, it's like but, yeah, but, you don't learn anything about like a a, a organizational form of uh, government that controlled like a sixth or a fifth of like the entire planet's landmass. Like, yeah. like, you know anything about that that's why trump was like the most american american he was like i regret nothing i've made no mistakes i've learned no lessons yeah exactly thank you very much but like <laughs> things even if this so like let's say communism china let's say so china is like the big enemy like even within like the liberal media people are like drumming up like china evil china bad which like china does a lot of fucking evil shit but then like they're not also what's the point of like them being your enemy but like, if, yeah. even if they are your enemy, like, why wouldn't you try to understand them? Like, you should know your enemy or you're, like, guaranteed to lose. And there isn't even that attempt to, like, understand the enemy. It's just like, no, the enemy is, like, yeah. stupid and evil. But th- this is, like, why America well, loses every fucking war. There, there's a general problem, though, where, like, if we were to try to, like, accurately understand our relationship with China, it would require us to accurately understand ourselves. Like the fact that China can't just be an enemy because like they're also our biggest trading partner. We have like essentially a completely married like su- supply and distribution chain. Like our economies are like one almost. And they are also full of billionaires, which like I don't quite understand how the Communist Party went from, you know, Mao and to allowing for like th- hundreds of. Or yeah. thousands of billionaires in China, and just like you know, the 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 extreme inequality that is both here and there. It's like these these two countries are more similar than like they they're purported to be. You know, there's a huge differences, huge differences culturally, huge differences politically. You know, like better in America, trains. I yeah. <laughs> yeah, they have better chains. I can be an anarchist, right? Because w- that means I have about three hundred ish listeners on a podcast that I put in like hundreds of hours of effort into every year like and i can just say whatever the fuck i want and like everyone's like oh yeah yeah whatever you know it's not a big deal but like in other countries like in china and stuff if you're a political dissident they'll just get you like and they do they and and it's like it's fucked up but like they also i don't know can like handle a pandemic well, and in the U.S., there's, like, this freedom, but then you get, like, massive, like, disinformation, like QAnon, which, like, also cu- kills people. It's almost like there's two models of the Internet. One is where it's completely uncontrolled, and one is where it's completely controlled. So it's not, like, I think things are set up, especially in America, as, like, these battles between two things, like, left or right, like, capitalism or communism, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. freedom or fucking, and, and it's like, no, dude, like, there's things, so in Sri Lanka, we are part of the non-aligned movement. So third world mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. means like just between you two motherfuckers who are like trying to kill everybody. So between like the capitalists essentially and the communists and everybody else is like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, so, so third world doesn't, it's, it's become like shorthand for like poor, but we're actually probably like the most sane people in the world because we weren't like trying to destroy everything last century. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. So, think about it. Yeah, so here we, you could see like we've, like communism has been very good. Like Branko Milanovic talks about this and it, it, it enabled sort of like, feudal peasant societies to develop their own sort of their own sort of capitalism it became a pathway to capitalism for a lot of people for like more equal so more equally let's say kerala right kerala is run by the communist party right now but it's, you go to kerala and like, you can like get like a fucking television and like you know food like it's not like a, it's like not a it's not what americans picture as a communist society it's actually they've hybridized these two systems yeah, Kerala, the uh, the southwest like state within yeah. India is like, yeah, it's been mm-hmm. like 
uh, run, or at least like dominant. Most of the politics there have been dominated by a, by a communist party. Yeah. So like yeah, my yeah. wife's family is from there and like we have some family oh, in like the communist party or whatever. Yeah. And they're also like, they can also be corrupt and so on. Like it's a somewhat normal political party, but then there's still this sort yeah, of like yeah. base sense of like, Oh, healthcare. Yes, absolutely. We have to do that. So they don't really debate that or like education. Yes, absolutely. We have to do that. So if you look at Vietnam, yeah. like you don't have, yeah, like you can look at these systems, right. And not just reject them completely. You can take take the Mm -hmm, good from them mm -hmm. so in america there's a Mm -hmm. sense that like almost like a deep personal sense that like they have to be the best at fucking everything and like if they're (laughs) so so, like we can't learn from anybody else because like even china dude like like i remember when china was like america's friend and like all the stuff in the papers and stuff was like oh look at all these opportunities in china and look at all this cool stuff yeah and then you could sense when like you know it became like 1984 when it's like it switches from like east asia to eurasia like this is the person who we who we hate now you could sense how it flips over. And then the New York Times is like that. Yeah, yeah it's, it's it's not subtle whatsoever. And you can even see, like, I don't know, like, my, my I, I have parents that, like, all of a sudden are very concerned about China. And it's like, you never talked about China your entire <laughs> life. And now all of a sudden, you're very concerned about what China could do to the world. And like, no, you're not, though. You're, you're, you, it's not. There's nothing but it's scary com- because because I saw yeah. it happen with like Iraq or whatever. Like that actually, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like yeah. that happened yeah, to my yeah, own remember, brain because yeah. I was young at the time, right? I was like, 18 of or 19. Yeah. So <clears throat> I remember someone invited me on in, at McGill. Someone invited me to go and talk about the Iraq War, and they're like, "Well, we need someone to argue for the Iraq War." I was like, "I'm not fucking for the Iraq War. It's crazy." But like, so then they're like, "No, we just need someone to argue." And I was like, "Okay." So I did like some research about Uday and Kusay and like how fucking evil they are. And then I'm like, "Yeah, these yeah, guys yeah. are really fucking bad. We should bomb them." And then yeah. like I actually believed that shit for a while. Like I, because if you see oh, really through the exercise, yeah, through the exercise, like, it was bad. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I was I like, yeah, to... this is great. Like, yeah. And then after the statues fell and shit, I was like, yeah, we, it was great. They were right. And we like, did oh, it. No. <laughs> oh dear. But you, yeah. so oh, you, no. it's almost so in, within China, right? There's also that thing of like, say, corruption. So so Z is really big on prosecuting corruption. The, yep. But it's almost like who you prosecute that becomes a weapon in itself. So if you're a, if you're cool with Z and you're corrupt, that's cool. If you if if you're like I forget that dude in a, that one province who just like disappeared, Bo. So like, if you suddenly become not cool with him, then all the corruption shit comes in. So that's kind of like yeah. it's it's a we call it a justice system, but it's just the way that it's applied becomes becomes weaponized politically. Oh yeah, it's the same shit that happened to Lula and oh my god, what was the yeah Jair Bolsonaro in in uh, yeah. Uh, yeah in Brazil, right? You have the the Operation Car Wash and. Then you, that is like trying to take out all, all, all this corruption, and it, but it's mostly in the workers' party. And then, oh, surprise! Turns out that like you know the uh, the the Judge Moro and everyone else that was leading it is really just kind of working for Bolsonaro's party to 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 get yeah. to clear the path for for their victory. So yeah, many kinds of government corruption scandals end up like that. Yeah. So, so uh, real quick, uh, not to do too hard of a pivot, but uh, I really appreciated the um, video you had put out on uh, the mRNA vaccines uh, and the technology of that to be owned by the human species for an egalitarian, all for all distribution of like basic healthcare. Because one, it makes sense. Two, it's obviously morally just. And three, like, why the fuck not and uh yeah like uh please would you expand from there so i with i think uh the polio vaccine jonas salk said like how can you patent the sun 
like it was such like an important technology that obviously like he wanted to release it. And that sort of like sensor spirit is obviously gone from America, Cuba, China, mm-hmm. Russia, like they're actually like saying, yeah, how can we share this stuff? But mRNA is such a transformational technology. So, so just briefly, like your body will say it has 3D printers inside and that makes the proteins that like do all this stuff. So mRNA yeah. basically gives a command to those 3D printers saying, I saw a TikTok where they explained it, like, you know, go and recognize Mr. Fork Hands. So like anybody yeah, that comes that with like fork hands, they're like, fuck, I've seen that guy before. Like I'm going to kill him. So it, it, it teaches your body to make the forks, which are essentially the, the, the crown of the coronavirus. So you can teach your body to make like lots of things like that. And so people like say, I got blocked by this dude, but like Max Roser on Our World in Data. So he, he was circulating some, there's two blog posts by like a tech bro and like a science writer saying that mRNA is like too complicated People can't do it, especially obviously brown black people fucking can't do it. So like you, this is technology is too high. Just like let the drug companies sort it out. And then Dr. Tom Frieden, who was uh, director of the CDC before it got all fucked up, he was saying like, no, this technology is actually like cheaper and like simpler than other technologies. Obviously, there's like some resource constraints, but I think it, it, setting up an mRNA factory would cost like about $20 million. Then the ongoing resource, there's a paper he cited, uh, then the ongoing resource costs would be about $100 million a year. That's still less than, you know, like fighting this fucking pandemic. And he's saying that the U.S. for about $500 million. I'm saying the U.S. because the U.S. essentially owns the Moderna vaccine. You guys are in mm-hmm, some weird mm-hmm. fucking system where you're like, yeah. you pay drug companies to develop things. And then you pay them for the things that you paid to develop. It, it'd be like if I like set up like a weed farm. Make money both ways. Yeah. yeah. It's like finding a dude. It's like, hey, I'm going to build you a weed farm and I'm going to give you all the fucking inputs. And then I'm going to buy weed from you. Like, why the fuck would you do that? Like, you own <laughs> yeah, the weed. Yeah. Like, it's like a fucking con dude like between your government and the drug companies and then like taxpayers yeah, and yeah. americans and of course like vaccinating the world it's not like a charity thing first off correct america yeah. and the west could just get off our necks and like let us manufacture shit <laughs> yeah. at the wto like that's all obviously an option and then we can fucking figure it yeah, out exactly. like we figured out nuclear weapons somehow like well i'm sure we could figure out mrna yeah. but it's also not a charity thing in the sense that like this is a pandemic by definition it's global so i saw this guy Alok Jha or Ashok Jha. And he's saying, oh, we're going to like solve the pandemic by like vaccinating everyone in America. It's like, no, you're fucking not, dude. It's like a global pandemic. And the, and it's, as the WHO says, like no one is safe until everyone is safe. This thing will just mm-hmm. keep motivating and keep coming back. And I think years ago with smallpox, yeah. people in Western countries did this calculation and they're like, fuck, we can either like get rid of smallpox globally or we can just keep fighting outbreaks at home. And they calculated mm-hmm. Because it's like the only thing white people seem to understand is which is money, but they calculated it would be more expensive to like keep fighting the outbreaks than to just go and like fight it everywhere. And it's obviously the same thing and more with COVID nineteen. It's going to be. I, I don't think money is a main factor here, but let's just say money. It's going to cost much more to not vaccinate everyone, to not distribute this technology, yes. than it will to just like make this like tiny profits for a few amount of people. But what's happening yes. is a few people. It, yeah, just avarice, like you said. It, it's greed. Like a few people want to fucking get theirs, and everybody else can go to hell. And meanwhile, Sputnik uh, and Sino, uh, uh, Sinopharm, right? There's, uh, the the Chinese and Russian uh, uh, vaccines are um, are being like more or less uh, uh, transported all across the world. Though they are the the mRNA. Uh, technology could be used for possibly, you know, like to fight AIDS, to fight uh, uh, Ebola, like a lot of other viral infections. 
Yeah. The technology could be incredibly, incredibly transformational, but it's, it, 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 we're, we're not, we're not, uh, uh, um, letting anyone have it. And, and especially important for like, if you're going to use the Pfizer or Moderna vaccines with, that bo- both built on mRNA, right? You need, um, it, it, having production close to where it is being used is incredibly important because these things have to be kept at such cold temperatures yeah. that like transportation is incredibly resource intensive and difficult. Right. So yeah, it's like, that, you, yeah. you would really, you would really want like the production of that stuff to be as close to where it is consumed as possible. And then if you look at future pandemics, so right? Like, so, so the Moderna vaccine was developed. So China sequenced the DNA on or, or the RNA on January 11th. And then the Moderna vaccine was designed by January 13th. Obviously there's like more that goes into it, but the basic design was done on the 13th. So if we have mRNA mm-hmm. factories all over the world and there will be a next pandemic, right? We're like fucking with the environment so much. Oh, yeah. So like if there is yeah. another pandemic in say like Malaysia, then Malaysia is like, okay, we have a fucking mRNA factory. And like, you obviously need different protocols for this, but then they can sort, we can just respond to shit like way faster and it's better for everyone. But this is so like Americans, we were just talking about how Americans can't understand just sharing things with other Americans, right? So getting them to like share with the world seems like fucking impossible, but we, we have to. Doesn't it though? And I guess that's where I want to pivot the conversation because like, you know, I would say that so much of our inability to, you know, even share with ourselves, uh, has to do with our statecraft and nationalism and whole fucked up ideologies of white supremacy and just our atomization through capitalism. And essentially just, we are so fucked up and out of, uh, order and we're not shitting. And that worries me greatly, you know, like we really need to be figuring out how to do this, but like the problems that we see in the ones that are most critical for us to solve with urgency, like pandemics, um, climate change, you know, ecocide, large scale, uh, die offs of huge biomes. Like these are things that not only can we not solve like from one place in the world and distribute that solution everywhere else, like, you know, through for a profit motive, but we need to solve it everywhere all at once. And it all requires things similar to what you were talking about, degrowth, basically turning around like 180 on our entire power structure, on our nation states that are competitive and, and violent, both to their own people and to each other, to our ideology of like, fuck you, I got to get mine, you know, like pay me. Our, our need to grow situation that's all run on this debt assumption that like there'll always be more money made tomorrow than there was yesterday, which on like a finite planet makes no fucking sense at all. And so like all of this, this shit is like totally fucked. It's like, how could we as a species, like all at once come together and be like, all right, no more billionaires. <laughs> we got to share technology. We got to act right in like our ecology and like, you know, be conscious about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Like, w- what do you see as the path forward to like survive the 21st century as like a species? So look, man, the th- answer nobody talks about is the way history usually does it, which is a series of violent, violent shocks. So there were similar conditions in the last century. And then so Thomas Piketty is quite like clear about this. He said, you know, it's just clear that it was like the world wars and, you know, pandemics and the great depression. So look, nature's method of fixing stuff generally is just like, turn it off and turn it on again. So you talk (laughs) about like, 
you, you talk about like, oh, like how do we do this so we survive? And then one answer is that a lot of us don't survive. So yeah. hundreds of millions. So if you look at World War II for the rest of the third world, especially really continued until the fucking 80s for us, like that war mm-hmm. and those that realignment was shaking out for decades. And if you look at all the deaths and famines in the China, in the Soviet Union, including the deaths in war, you're looking at like, you know, 100, 200, 300 million people fucking dying. And then in, in, in Piketty's terms, what he talked about is just destruction of capital. So in Europe, there was so much inequality. And then it, it, it's not like that inequality ever sort of just naturally fixed itself. It's just like everything got bombed to rubble. And then people were able to like sort of green. Sh- so th- that's why people do some farming here. It's called chain of farming or slash and burn. Whereas you don't go and like pick mm-hmm. up every fucking weed, right? You just go and like burn the whole plot and then you have more fertile soil to grow in. That's a fairly natural process. In, in Western, I think, religion, that's hard to understand. But in, in, the, in Hindu thought, you know, you have the creator, the preserver and the destroyer. So Shiva is like an integral part of the creation cycle. And I, I think mm-hmm. the West is obviously completely unaware of the power of Shiva. But like that shit. So that's one way to do it. Obviously, like Piketty wasn't saying you have to do that. It's that those violent shocks led to certain reforms when it suddenly became mm-hmm. so fucking. So, I mean, the, the pandemic is one thing like that for America. It's become so obvious that things are fucked up. It's like when your phone is broken, right? Like I'll use like a fucked up phone for like a long time. But then at some point, the screen is just like so cracked that it doesn't work anymore. And then you replace it. So America's getting to that point with their society. And it's not like you have to fucking kill hundreds of millions of people. Historically, that's kind of the way it goes. But you, you could make those policies without killing people. Like that would maybe be mm-hmm. the lesson from from last century, but you look. But, they say they say they say those that don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. But it just honestly feels like we're doomed. Yeah, and, and in the United <laughs> States, the United States is just gonna like go to the the kiosk in the mall and get the off brand screen replacement, and like yeah. not even gonna, not gonna fix the underlying problem there. But then change is possible. Like I think we're at a time. <laughs> of, no, like I so so there's this idea that like oh it just seems too crazy, but like the reality is crazy, right? And like there's oh, yeah, also this idea, crazy. like increasingly look at how, so, and look at how different this century is to last century. Like the idea that things wouldn't change is, is that's the that's the crazy idea. The only question is how. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's definitely going to change. I guess the 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 thing I'm driving at is that, like, if you could witness all of the destruction of the 20th century with hindsight, you'd be like, ooh, ooh, maybe we should keep. Archduke Franz Ferdinand alive. Hmm. Maybe we should, I don't know. Uh, I guess this isn't the 20th century, but not invent the cotton gin. Uh, maybe we should, you know, I don't know, strangle baby Hitler in his little baby crib. You know, like any number of those things would have changed, you know, history dramatically. And the, I guess like the question of being able to see something coming, like the accelerating crises of uh, our climate and uh, our ecology and our economies and our political stagnation and, and uh, corruption and like all of these issues. It's like the moral thing is to reduce harm and the reducing of the harm in the long term to the greatest amount of people would be like getting to an egalitarian society globally of all for all as quickly as possible with as least bloodshed and as least like ecological devastation as possible, which means like act today. It just seems that the methods that we're so invested in our national politics, for example, are like fundamentally not the tools that we need to use to address the concerns on a global scale, such as we have. Like, I don't really believe that like 
competitive nation states with their armies and everything else are going to like figure out how to like allow the coming hardship from climate change to be like stymied for the worst uh, that will be affected. I see the, 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 the COVID as being like a canary in the coal mine for just how fucked we are to deal with the, the climate. But I want to believe that we're not fucked. And so I guess like I'm, I'm interested to know, like, have you, have you entertained any utopian visions of agency on a global stage for regular ass people? Global stage. Yeah. Well, look, I think one way to think about it is just like na- time will. So even the small organizing or the small thinking that you do now, it seems stupid and crazy now, but then in 30 years, like crazy ideas become very normal. So if you, I think like, say, especially American politics is, is geared on like almost like a news cycle, like a two week cycle. So like, what's the outrage this, this week? And then how do we get it resolved, you know, for the finale? And then there's like season finales. It's, it's almost like a TV cycle. But if you do start say something like global solidarity, right? It seems fucking crazy now. But if you think about it on a generational basis, so like with my kids, right? Kids can grow up with this idea and then they can make it real. Like humans can generate an entire human language out of essentially a pigeon language within a generation. Like we're capable of regeneration. So I, I don't know. I don't know how we get there, but I do think if you look at stuff on a generational cycle, then it, a lot of things become possible. Like in Sri Lanka, we're trying, mm. I, I'm working with something called the centenary movement, which is we're trying, we are, got independence in 1948. So by 2048, we're trying to have a new political movement. So our, our target mm-hmm. isn't like next year, we need to like get rid of this like one law. We're actually trying to like train young people for something in like 20, 30 years. So then suddenly a lot more becomes possible if you think of it on that, on that time scale. But mm. yeah, obviously like, look, borders, like I, I've grown up like outside of borders because I have, I was born with like a white passport. So I was born with all those privileges. I only realized it with my kids that like, oh, like oh, my cousins like can't fucking move anywhere or they're like get drowned. Like there's a deep colonial unfairness still built into our system. And when you say that borders, people take that so for granted. They're like, no, like we need armies. Like we need to be separate. But as I said, like I was following someone on Twitter and they were saying that like this, like the fact that the Western nations are rejecting a global public vaccine, which hurts all of our bodies, that shows that like people in the global South can unite with the people of the West in hating your leaders. Like that's like a good thing that like we can can all get around. Like (laughs) our our, our hate is shared and pure. (laughs) Yeah. And so I, I obviously I think like, and you can see like with the internet, like I, since I haven't left my fucking house, right. I'm as close to people in like Ghana or like Troy, New York, as I am to like people here. I'm actually like more invested in sort of like, there is a sort of global politics developing. And you know, that shit was there before, like in the, like the communist shit was like actually quite connected. Yeah. yeah. Like international. Yeah. Like that, that was even here, like we were quite connected then something then people are just like oh you can like make money just like work in a factory and people are like okay that's cool but that's not working out anymore <laughs> yeah so you know like we uh you know we're coming up on an hour here and and we, we always do a, a a wild what we call a wildflower at the end which is sort of good news coming from uh coming from the world and i think you know like i i, I think maybe this time since we're already talking about it it would be nice to maybe just like end on a happy note of like this coming future, this, uh, sanitary movement that, that you have in, in Sri Lanka, but it was like, what, like the, the movement to getting unfucked, right. To, to take some global, uh, X-lax and like, get a, get a fucking bowel <laughs> movement here. Yeah. 
for 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 uh for the political realm like what do we see as like the future that that's like absolutely needed i i i think is i think we're already getting there but yeah i guess i just want maybe i just want us to talk about it just a little bit more is you know i i would say personally that you know a, a big part of it is that international component. I think it's really important that especially Americans start seeing past their borders and seeing like, just if if for no other reason than to just see that like all the countries that you don't hear about uh, aren't just like poor and and batshit crazy. Like they actually have all their stuff together and and a lot of them live better than you do. You know, (laughs) it was like, like, like to realize that, we don't need to be the most powerful, like rich nation on the planet to take care of each other. Just meeting each other and recognizing that a global mean of uh, of health of well being is is achievable. Actually, probably a lot closer than we than we than we usually think. And it, and it's really just like our leaders that try to convince us that it's it's way harder than it actually is. No, actually, I look, I, I think the pandemic has like radicalized me to a large degree. I think it's radicalized a lot of people like there's a lot of specific things we would need to do. But I think generally like human thinking has to change. And I, I think I personally, I can feel that happening. Like I can feel that happening to myself. I can feel that happening to people around me. You can probably like feel it too. Like, especially with, yeah. with say the pandemic, with climate change, there's just like violent shocks that make you have to reevaluate like your assumptions. And a lot of our assumptions have, have been wrong. So if you look at history, history is sort of told through the way that people change how they think about stuff or like what's right mm-hmm. and what's wrong. And you can really feel that conversation happening now. So look, I lived through mm-hmm. the 90s and it felt like, like Francis Fukuyama said, like the end of history, like it felt like boring. Like all I remember was like watching the real world and like, you know, puck and dumb shit. And it just felt like you were like waiting for like history to start. And now it's like really restarted. So we're at a time... So I, I, I do have a lot of hope for that because I, th- I think mm-hmm. we're living in many ways in like the conservative revolution of the 80s, like all the thinking and all the organizing and all the shit they did then. That's what's mm-hmm. created the world we live in now. So our thinking and our like podcasts and our talking and shit can't really change the world we're in now, but it can change the world in 20, 30 years. And so mm. I think that battle, we are winning. And then they'll probably go back again. And then, the, then we'll get fucking complacent and then the conservatives will organize again. But in the battle for the future, yeah, I, th- I think we're actually winning. I don't know if we have enough time, but, but <laughs> we're, we're, I think we're winning. Nice, nice. Nice. Well, that, that was uplifting in my opinion. I really I appreciate it. it. <laughs> uh, and thank you so much, Indy, for, uh, for coming on Iron Weeds and speaking to the both of us. Um, it's been super fun. I really appreciate all the videos that you're putting out on YouTube. Um, uh, real quick, though, uh, have you heard of um, Murray Bookchin? No. Or, or Social Ecology? No. No, I'll look it up. Oh, man. So, Getting Bookchin pilled live yeah. on air. So, well, I won't, I won't, you know, get into it, but it's something that I've been starting to to pick up on. And the reason I started to pick up on it is, uh, are you familiar with the, uh, Rojava, uh, you know, organization movement, like place where I don't even know what to call Rojava. It's like a, a stateless society of Kurdish people living in like, I think Eastern and, uh, Southern Syria. Okay. Um, they are like basically at war with the Turkish state. Uh, and they like, you know, fought ISIS. It's like the YPG and the YPJ. Like right. if you ever saw like women fighting ISIS, like they were YPJ. Okay. And I've seen that. they are, 
Yeah. So their whole political organization comes from this guy named Oshalon. And Oshalon is like a political prisoner living in island prison, like off the coast of Turkey. He was influenced by this Vermonter named Murray Bookchin, who came up with this ideology school of thought called social ecology. He wrote a bunch of books. um, And I think you might be interested in it. You're internationalist, uh, abolish citizenship, uh, anti-border. Let's figure out how to unfuck the planet. Like I think that both uh, Oshalon and the 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 Rohavan, uh, you know, uh, project are trying to do that. You know, like essentially figuring out what wh- how how they can essentially have as direct d- democratic of a society and egalitarian society as they can. And um, it's just you know news to me. I've been like reading about it. Thing is pretty interesting. I think you might like it a lot. Well, cool. I'll check, yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah, that's what- we have PDFs. <laughs> No, I, I, use, I use LibGen. That's fine. I can find it. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. Nice. There's also a really good archive.org audiobook, The Mary Bookchin Reader, which is what I just finished. And it was quite good. Yeah, cool. Thank you. I'm always looking for stuff to read, even though it takes me like yeah, months yeah. to read it. <laughs> Relatable content. For um, yeah. Is there anything you'd like to, to, to plug before, before we go? Uh, well, there's this Chinese philosopher named Zhuangzi. He's like really fucking cool. He's, he's, he's like really trippy. Like he's really fucking weird. People should read that. Nice. Can you can Ooh, you yeah. send me a, a link to put in the show notes? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, and anything of yours that people oh. should uh, <laughs> right. should get into? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, well, I, I I love. That. I actually really love. Yeah, that, that was you really great. Something to read that is not yours, but yeah. Uh, but you know, also get that paper. Like, what what do you? Is there anything uh, you? Uh, so I, I write basically every day at uh, at Indica Indie.ca. Great. So I N D I dot C A. And on Twitter at Indica. Yeah, that perfect, perfect Twitter handle. All right. Well, well, thanks again. Thanks a lot, guys. It was nice talking to you. Thank you. Peace.